0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Welcome to the Building Your Extraordinary Business radio program with your host, Jim Nemley, President and CEO of the Extraordinary Business Builders. This show is designed to instruct business owners on what they must know to survive and grow. Why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary? Now, here's your host, Jim Nemley. everybody the guide to the business soul the guide to the business soul decoding a career of hope and happiness and i bet you folks are scratching your head and you're saying to yourself what on earth is jim getting into? getting getting us into this week well i'll tell you what i'm getting you into this week you know um a lot of you folks out there are just doing your day-to-day struggle and life is very difficult i know this not only from a personal point of view but from all the people that i coach and i train on a daily basis everyone is going through a lot and it takes a lot to run a business i i know a lot of you folks out there thought that you were going to be able to just jump in there and You know, you were so good at making this widget and you were so good at doing this, that, and the other. You thought that you were just going to be able to dive in there and life was going to be grand. And then you woke up and you found yourself swirling. You found yourself depressed. You found yourself going through a lot of things that you didn't anticipate. And you have no idea on how to get out of your struggle. Well you're listening to this show this evening. And because you're listening to this show this evening, and because you're faithful listeners, I have a wonderful guest this evening. My guest is Robert Clancy. Robert is a gifted entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and author from the heart of upstate New York. At the age of 19, Robert had a divine spiritual experience that greatly altered his life path. His daily Facebook inspirations are followed by nearly a quarter of a million people worldwide. When you have a quarter of a million people worldwide following you, then you really must have something to say. And through his passion for exceptional design and innovation uh, technology, he also co-founded founded Spiral Design Studios. Robert, how are you this evening?
2: I am outstanding, and it is truly a pleasure to be here with you tonight.
1: It's great having you on because, like I said, uh, it's tough out there. You know, no one wants to hear me bring anybody on this evening to talk about marketing metrics, sales (laughs) conversions, margins. They don't want to hear anything about that. As a matter of fact, these things are making them feel so bad that they don't know what to do, you know. And uh, they don't realize that there's a better side of life as a business owner than just the drudgery of trying to battle your numbers. As a matter of fact, a lot of them could easily get out of the problems that they're in if they were in a better frame of mind. And I know you deal with a whole lot of that.
2: Absolutely. Well, how did the
1: title of your first book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul, come about?
2: Well, uh, that's a great question, and it's actually inspired by The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Mm. And
2: in that book, um, there's a main character, Arthur Dent, and his house is about to be torn down and there's going to be a highway put through it. And he lays down in front of the tractor, you know, the plow that's coming to take the house down, and he is absolutely going crazy. And he doesn't even realize the entire earth is about to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's worried about his house, but the earth's going because he's so focused on that. And one of his friends comes by and basically he's an alien and they hitchhike off and each time that they hitchhike they seem to be getting further from where they're going which is finding the meaning to life and ultimately they end up exactly where they're supposed to be in the end of the book and i look at you know the title of my book it's it's an inward journey instead of traveling out in the galaxy it's really looking at yourself and are you focused on the big picture or not so that's really kind of the the nod of where the title came from Wow so so, so tell me how
1: have you found that particular journey?
2: Well, it's been a long uh journey. This is my twenty six year of business. It is my pretty much my entire life of volunteering, but I really um as soon as I started the business, I dove in with both feet on giving back to the community, and that's always been a foundation of our, our company. And our company name is Spiral Design, and that really um, has meaning because the spiral is the only shape in nature that retains its form as it grows. And that's our foundation is community service and giving back, and we really kept that in mind as, as we've grown the company. So that journey has really taken me in many, many places. I've met so many people. You know, you have your good days, you have your bad days. We've sure. grown employees, and as you know, mm-hmm. it does get tough out there. But I've always looked at it this way: that business is not about business; it's about connecting people. And you really need to have synergy with those that you're. I just had this epiphany recently, but believe it or not. It was mm. you have to have synergy. With the companies that you're aligning with. It's not just about bringing the bottom line up. It's about helping companies and, and attracting the right clients or customers that are into your mission and that have synergy with your same outlook and your mission. So, companies that help others or give back to the community are a perfect fit for us.
1: But, you know, what's funny about what you're saying right there, um... When I engage a client, we do what's called a visioning process, and we'll do we'll we'll look at their their goals, okay, so we look at what their vision is all right where, where do you see yourself in the business in five, ten years? Then we look at the mission and then we look at corporate culture, and we break it down this way: your vision is your destination, where you actually want to go. And based on that, your mission has to be congruent. That's your vehicle. What kind of vehicle can take you to that destination? And in that vehicle, who are you going to align yourself with in terms of being able to produce this business? And then corporate culture, obviously, is the fuel that goes into the vehicle because now you're talking about people who are going to be working for you, people who you are going to have consulting with you, the whole nine yards. And all of that speaks to people who are of like minds who are who are synergistic with you just as you just got finished saying. Because when you're going out there and you're working apart from that, then you're just working yourself in a circle. So I I, believe me, I love what it is that you're saying.
2: Absolutely, and that's a great metaphor that you have and it really it comes down to that. It's it's how you answer the phone. It's how you train Mm -hmm. your people. Everybody we we talk about in our company, it's the company voice and it takes somebody probably a year to learn to fluently speak it. Wow. And you need to think about what that is. Everything you do lines up to that and how we treat customers, how we treat clients, um, our delivery. When we make a promise, do we keep it? And that's Mm. part of our voice and and even how the emails go out. And, you know, it's great to put a voice on a phone. We have all this technology, but when you can connect person to person, it makes a huge difference, especially for small businesses.
1: Wow. Absolutely. You know, in your book you talk about soul hitches. What's a soul hitch?
2: Well, that's an interesting uh, uh, phrase that I coined. And I, I've had them, I, I try to put a word to it and what's happened to me throughout my life. I've had it happen from early as age six to every day, you know, in, in being, paying attention to these. Soul hitches are these kindred spirits that cross your path. And sometimes they, uh, you know, might be somebody that you just meet by chance and they might put an idea in your head, or they might guide you somewhere, and you'll have these, these enlightened moments. And I feel like I'm you know, putting my thumb out and hitching a ride on their soul.
0: Mm. And
2: you know when you have those, those jobs you, you didn't get, and you keep trying to put the round peg in the square hole, and it just doesn't fit, and you know, you keep knocking your head against the wall. <laughs> I call this, this is our metaphor in the office, it's the bloody fuzzy mess. It's the rabbit who's in the cage and ramming their head against one side, and the door's open on the other side, and they fail to see it. And we say, stop being a bloody fuzzy mess. <laughs> turn around and head out. So these kindred spirits show you the door is open the other way. So turn around, and, and you go through it. And these are the, um, the, the soul hitches that happen. But I've also had them in very profound soul hitches with um, people that I've met. And even when I was a child, who guided me? And they're the people that help you back on your path. You know, if you're you're heading off, you're getting depressed. Somebody might say, "Hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's let's see if we can get you back." And they're the people that guide you back on on your road.
1: Wow, and that is so absolutely necessary. And you know, it's funny because what you're saying and what I observe are generally two different. Two different things, because a lot of folks are so bound up in what they're going through, they're not even looking outside of themselves. All right, everything that they see is happening inside of themselves, and there's a bad forecast because you're already feeling miserable, and all you're doing is looking at your misery.
2: Right. Wow. And it's it's how you um, view it. You know, I, I look at. It's like somebody that sees you know, their cups and, and they're in front of them and, and they have three cups that are spilled in front, but if they just turn around, they'd still have two full cups behind them and they fail to see the abundance that's still there. And it, it is a metaphor of just turning around. Anytime you're in darkness or in a shadow, I always view it this way. There's always a light source that makes that shadow, but you have to turn around to see it. Wow. Wow, remarkable.
1: And, and folks, I hope you're taking notes. As a matter of fact, I know they're taking notes. I don't know if you can (laughs) hear this or not, but I hear a lot of scratching going on. You know what that scratching is? That's actually pens taken to paper. All right, so that's going on right now. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) What is your earliest memory of
2: compassion for others? Well that's that's what I was talking about. It's one of those kindred spirits and I was on a trip to Jamaica at age six. I had to actually go back and look at the photos. We had Polaroid pictures and I had to look at the year and realized I was only six years old at the time. I had just turned six. Uh-huh. And this man um his name was Alex and he was we were staying in this resort um near Montego Bay and his name was Alex. He came to me, and he had this shirt, and it said Pool Man, and he was the guy that cleaned the pool at the resort. Okay. But it was like we always knew each other, and he took me under his wing, and I was afraid of the water, and he actually taught me how to, how to swim during this trip. So during this trip, he saved my life three times in three wow. different ways, and I later fell in the pool, and there wasn't a lifeguard, and I knew how to swim because of him. Mm. And he was so excited that I learned how to swim that he took me down the beach to where he had these hidden shells. He would dive for shells and coral to sell to tourists to help his village where he lived. And he told me all about this on the way. And so he had his hand on my shoulder and he was walking me down the beach and telling me about these shells. And I saw this balloon in the water and I went running for it. And the next thing I know, I had the wind knocked out of me. He ran after me like a cheetah hooked me under my arm and threw me as this balloon wrapped around his legs. Well, the balloon wasn't a balloon. It was a Portuguese man of war jellyfish, and it was the the largest one he's ever seen. And it stung him. And when he looked at me, he said, in a very thick Jamaican accent, he said, Little man, if that had touched you, you'd be no more. The hospitals and doctors are too far away for me to get you there. And then I started... You know, I, I started crying because I saw what it did to his legs. I saw the red and the scars. And he said, no, those were from previous jellyfish um, that, that had gotten him while he tried to get this coral. And then he he just kept telling me about this village. And all I wanted to do was go to this village. So I begged my parents. And they made arrangements with the resort to have him drive me up there. And it was just him and I. We drove up. And when I got there, all the kids from the village gathered around me and started laying fruit at my feet. And I was just, I kept saying, no, I'm just like you. And I saw their clothes. They had torn clothes, and they were old and dirty, and here I am with you know, brand-new vacation clothes on, you know. And just as I said this, he picked me up and put me onto a donkey, and they made a crown of palm leaves and put them on my head, and they walked me through this village. And it was then that I could see the ocean from where we were and the beautiful view that they had. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at him when I first got there because there was this elderly woman who was like doing a step and they had like a a thatched roof and a mud house, you know, adobe brick kind of structure. And I said, I looked at him and I said, are you people poor people? (laughs) Because where I come from, (laughs) workmen do that, not my grandmother. And he laughed. He let out this hearty laugh and he said, where we are... Not rich in wealth. We have the beauty of everything here that we ever need. And this is our tree of life. And as he pointed, it was an avocado tree, and the kids brought, you know, green baseballs. That's what I thought they were to me. And after I went home, it was years later, my mother, you know, we were going through the pictures, and she said, You don't remember, do you? And I said, What? And she said, When you left, you only went home with the clothes on your back. You asked us to give all of your clothes to the kids in that village. And I did. So that, my friend, is the earliest memory of compassion. And, you know, that that came back to me of what that kind of love or giving can do. And I've never forgot that. And, in fact, I still have the shells that man gave me on my desk in my office. Oh, how beautiful.
1: How beautiful, wow, wow, what a story! what a story for those for those of you that are joining us late or have joined us late, my guest this evening is Robert Clancy Robert's a gifted entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and an author he, uh Robert has had had a divine spiritual experience that greatly altered his life path his Daily Facebook inspirations are followed by nearly a quarter of a million people worldwide. And By the way, Robert, I just liked your page this afternoon. So
2: <laughs> I now there's a to be quarter of a million that. and one.
1: <laughs> now it's a quarter <laughs> of a million and one, all right? <laughs> Through his passion for exceptional design and innovative technology, <clears throat> he also co-founded Spiral Design Studio. He's been there for, and he's run this business for 26 years, and it's a wonderful thing when you have somebody you know who's been in business for 26 years and is still doing the things that need to be done internally as well as ex- externally. And uh, his, his, he leads a an award winning creative team in the evolution of corporate brands, marketing, and web development. Major clients include City, Home Depot. Sears and Activision. Robert, can you tell folks how they can find you, how they can find you on Facebook, how they can buy your book, how they can just just learn to stop living internally and start giving externally?
2: Sure. Um, well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share that. Um, our main company website is Spiral Design. That's S-P-I-R-A-L, com. My inspirational website is guidetothesoul.com, and on the Guide to the Soul page, uh, there is links to all my social media from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and so on. There's also a page on there where you can get my book on Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble. And folks, you need to be scrambling around to get that done right
1: now, (laughs) because... Times, You know know what's so funny about the times that we're living in? Um, Realistically speaking, times have never been all of that glorious. It's more profound now because of the fact that as a business owner, uh, business failure is more unforgiving than it used to be. You know I know people that used to you know run up one charge card after another <laughs> after another after another, then borrow money all over the place and then go bankrupt and then show up in another spot under another name. All right. This happened all the time now, when you get wiped out, you get wiped out completely all mm. right, so having said all of that, there's times that' time times have always been rough. But I think that people have gotten to a place where they're just totally bogged down. And then here's Robert Clancy talking about giving and talking about volunteering and doing those types of activities when most people just want to sit around and sing, nobody knows the troubles (laughs) I've seen. That's what most people want to do. They don't want to think about giving all right but you're talking about doing it what is your definition of volunteering and how has volunteerism impacted your career in life
2: well uh, thank you so much for asking that and I do have a, a definition of volunteerism and yes there's the traditional where you're giving money and you have time and people say I never have time to volunteer because I'm too busy working and there's always that or I don't have enough money to give or they'll maybe do $5 or $20 or something to get the person off their back. It doesn't start there. It starts in your heart. It starts with a simple smile. It starts with helping the person who's in the cubicle next to you. It helps you know, get them back on track. Volunteering is giving of your soul. And the way that you can increase volunteerism in the traditional sense in your life is if you make it part of your life. I, myself, my son's into Boy Scouts, so I'm an assistant scoutmaster. Beautiful, because now I get to mm. spend more time with him, and I'm mm. volunteering. Right. I started a martial arts school because I love teaching, and I have students in there. And it's part of what I can do with my family, because my son is also a black belt in Taekwondo and does mm. martial arts. Mm-hmm. It's helping out in your community. I always view the community as your lifeblood. And when you put into your community, it comes back to you tenfold in ways you can't even count. We, my wife and I discuss this all the time. We we talk about planting seeds. Somebody will remember you when you supported them for something that's important to their life, something that affected them. And it may not be next week or the, the following week. It might be a year later that they refer you to somebody That is a perfect fit for your company or what you're doing. And putting those things together are just really what drives everything. And how has it affected my life? I can't even count the ways. (laughs) It's um, everything that I've done. I I volunteered for 26 years with Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership, which is a youth leadership development through community service organization uh, and was started by actor Hugh O'Brien back in 1958. Mm -hmm. And I have people all over the world who I can call upon that are now – they started at 15 years old in this program, but now they're in positions and we're connected into LinkedIn, and, you know, there's just opportunities and the difference that they make out there. So I can't even count it. I can't even tell you how it's affected me. It's its so profound I can't even put words to it.
1: Wow. Uh, and, you know, what's so beautiful about that, once again, it's bringing, it's turning you around. You're not looking internally and moaning and groaning. You're looking out and, and you have some purpose to move forward with. Uh, when I, when I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying because I, I, too, am a person that has, as a matter of fact, I had, I had a point in my life when I had such a large list of organizations that I belong to. And I don't believe in being a card carrier. If I'm Mm -hmm. a part of an organization, I am active. Absolutely. And it it got to a place where I had to really, really, really reevaluate because I had gone overboard with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I really went overboard with it. So I had to start doing it in moderation. But, There's such a wonderful feeling about being able to positively impact someone's life when you don't have to. But you're doing it because you have compassion for them and you want to do it. It, it, Mm -hmm. It's it's a wonderful thing, and it's it's very gratifying.
2: Absolutely. And and you made an important point. There is a time when you need to say no to volunteerism. Mm -hmm. It's when you don't have the resources to do it. And what I'm saying, when you spread yourself too thin, my Sorry. my mom always, you know, my mother always told me, you're burning a candle at both ends. And you know what happens then?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eventually
2: you burn out. So, uh, you know, a lot faster. And I learned way back uh, to start slowing things down because I was doing so much. And um, she was right. So you do need to evaluate that and do things that, that matter. And if, if you don't have time to do the traditional volunteerism, just share your smile. It's a tool we carry with us every day. We walk out the door, and how often do we use it? I've interviewed people for a job. You know, they're they're coming in, and they're scared. They look scared. You know, they're not smiling. <laughs> if they just smiled. I mean, like, you know, it changes your whole outlook. It changes the chemistry in your mind. It changes your how people look at you. Who cannot smile back at you when you're smiling? True. You know, it's it's contagious, and that's the contagion we need to spread. So think about that tool. It's a simple tool. If you walk into that new business meeting confident, smiling, it's gonna change. It's gonna make a difference in, in getting that job in in connecting with those people that you're you're doing your sales to and, and your marketing.
1: You know, and I think that uh when when you're talking about that, I know entrepreneurs, you know, CEOs who are really under the gun and the whole atmosphere in their workplace is horrible because mm-hmm. they walked in with a scowl on their face. All right. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: oh boy. <laughs> boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. And you're talking about workplace morale. It starts at the top.
2: Right. And they know. Like my staff will do this exactly what you're saying. I might, you know, just have that look on your face, and it's really nothing. But they're they're perceiving something out of that, and. You know, oh, having a bad day today? And You are like what? <laughs> mm. So yeah, I have to catch myself too when I'm not smiling. Or uh, you know, we have we joke around a lot, and I think that reduces reduces the stress and and having fun because work should not be like that. It shouldn't be stressful. Why are oh, you doing it? <laughs> but
1: I see it so often. I'll go and do a <laughs> visit with a with a client. I'll walk in, and over the years I've done this a lot. I will walk in. And before seeing the CEO, before even uh, uh, being announced that I'm there, I can pick up the atmosphere and what's Mm -hmm. going on. I can just look at the face and feel that the tension would be so thick that you can cut it with a knife.
2: Wow. (laughs) All
1: right. And, And I've seen that in so many different places and then you wonder why your bottom line is so negatively impacted well the folks that are there to help make that bottom line work are working under duress Mm -hmm. how much can you do under duress
2: (laughs) (laughs) right and we have a you know one of the things in our company is is we try to keep our hours you know from 9 a.m to 5 Mm p.m and we don't work weekends Mm-hmm. And I feel that we've done this for 26 years. Wow. And been successful at it in a marketing firm which is not heard of. You know, there's right, usually exactly. working till 1 in the morning and and you mm-hmm. and you get burned out. And we want people to have time with their family and weekends to rest. And I feel if they're rested, you would not believe how much more productive people are when they're rested. It's That's right. It's uh, something that we've kept in line in our company from the beginning. Mm. Mm.
1: And I would imagine that, especially those that are dealing in the area of customer service or providing services to your clientele, if they're uptight and if they're feeling miserable, it's going to pass on to your clientele.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. All yep. And if it
1: passes on to your clientele, forget about it, they may not come back. Right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Who would have thought that giving, even when it comes down to giving a smile, could be so important to a person and to a company? One thing, though, when we're talking about this, I know that a lot of folks are saying to themselves, well, tomorrow I'm going to walk into my office, I'm going to have a huge smile on my face, and we're going to pump out a lot of money. (laughs) I'm just hoping that folks aren't directly correlating right. generating mass revenue because of the fact that you're 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 putting on a smile or you're trying to volunteer for something. It has to be more from the heart as a yes. goal than money as a goal.
2: Correct. And it's really we look at it as planting seeds. It takes a while to make a hearty plant. It doesn't just Spring up out of the ground overnight and bloom. Uh, That would be great uh, if that happened every day, but you have to cultivate what's in your garden and you have to tend to that garden. And what you're saying is bringing that smile is like bringing the sunlight. That's not, it's going to help, but it's not everything that that plant needs to grow. There's many other pieces.
1: Wow. Folks, for those of you that came in late, and you're kicking yourselves for doing it because you're hearing something that you don't normally hear, all right? And what you're hearing right now is how to be a bit happier than you are and and how to do that by giving, how to do that by smiling, how to do that by volunteering, how to do that by looking outside of yourself and not just inside of yourself. And my wonderful guest this evening is Robert Clancy. He's a gifted entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and an author. And as a matter of fact, if you look him up online, go to his videos. Go to the videos and, and listen to him speak. He is absolutely magnificent. Robert, how can folks find your book? How can they uh, find out more about you?
2: Well, it's uh, very easy. It's uh, My company is Spiral Design, and the website is spiraldesign.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-L design.com. My inspirational website is guidetothesoul.com. And on my Guide to the Soul page, uh, there is links to my YouTube channel, my Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, pretty much any way that you can possibly connect to me or get some inspirational feed. <laughs> into your life so it's all on there and I appreciate you uh, sharing that with your audience and I also have a newsletter that I just launched and you can go to signup.guidetothesoul.com and it's also on the the main page of my website and if you sign up you get a free book uh, it's my um, Love's Awakening poetry book which is a bunch of affirmations that uh, well, you can just randomly read and it'll set your mind in a good place And there's uh, inspirational music and guided meditations.
1: Wow. Now, folks, isn't he such a nice, sweet guy? (laughs) All right. He's also a black belt in Taekwondo, so watch yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) So watch yourself. Nice guy doesn't mean that he's a pushover, but he is a nice guy. (laughs) We were just talking about your Facebook page. Now, you currently have... Over a quarter of a million people connected to the inspirational Facebook page. What inspired you to start that?
2: Well, you know, I do these experiments every once in a while with my own life. And I woke up on December 1st, 2012, and thought, you know, you should set a goal to write one inspirational thing, original, a week. One inspirational, original thought. A week, and then I thought, well, that's too easy. I should go with every day for a year.
0: <laughs>
2: and I had 111 followers or fans on my page. It was my book page when I first launched it, and it was a couple months after that. And I, I didn't really do much with it. I started posting these um, thoughts that I had every morning. I'd wake up with an inspired thought, and I started posting them, and it just grew from there. It's uh, you know, I've had some posts that are. Read by one million people in one day—it's—it's it's crazy. Wow, that, you know, shared and read. Um, but the, the amazing journey that I've had with this is I've connected to so many people worldwide. Um, there are, people in Pakistan and people that are in Yemen, people that are in Puerto Rico, to, you know, England, France, Germany—you name the country, following the posts and. I can't tell you the lives that are changed that um, I didn't realize this journey was going to affect me this way, but I've actually had people contact me and they don't say, you know, the typical thing, I needed to read that today. I've gotten messages where somebody said, by the grace of God, I found your page today and read what you wrote because I was going to commit suicide. Wow. And I'm still here. And I can't put a value on that. I have a family. um, there, There were four families uh, these high school students one was the football captain there was this softball star and his girlfriend was the swimming in the swimming team and all you know very good kids they were coming back from a basketball game and somebody that was doing everything wrong slammed into their car and killed two of them it was the football football captain of one of the couples and the girl from the other couple and they were all four friends in the car coming back from a game and the families reached out to me. I eventually got to sit with them all. I didn't know them before the accident, mm-hmm. and these kids were you know it comes down to their legacy and really what they there were twenty two thousand or twenty plus thousand people showed up for memorial service for them. Wow. wow, and believe it or not, the one family of the girl who passed away in the accident, they contacted me and said, "You must be an extraordinary person to share your life with us the way you have and I read your book, your second book, and those were all my first 350 inspirational thoughts that I wrote. And they said, You wrote something that described our daughter's life in one sentence, and we want your blessing to use it on her headstone. And they did. How powerful is that? And and the quote is um, the quote that's on there is When you love with all your heart, life becomes one big smile. And it's carved in granite I mean, that'll be there longer than I'm going to be on this planet (laughs) And, you know, it comes down to legacy And these kids left an incredible legacy of kindness, of giving, of doing all the right things And I think that's what, you know, we never know how much time we have on this planet But what we leave behind is our legacy And I've actually thought about the worst thing that could ever happen to you I don't know if you have, James, but Uh, I actually went and I did another experiment where every day I thought of something bad, and then I would try to one-up it the next day. And I did this for a whole year. uh, And when I ran out of ideas, midway through the year, I started asking other people (laughs) their most (laughs) horrific things. And I always saved death for the last, because I figured there's nothing worse than death. And one day I woke up, and it was the year, and I had death. I couldn't think of anything else. Mm-hmm. And the next day I woke up, and believe it or not, I one-upped it. I won up death. Really? It's losing your ability to help someone else. Wow. And that can never, ever happen unless you allow it to. Wow. And at that point, I was actually free. I was free to live, and I knew that that's the legacy. There are people that are still helping people that have been dead for hundreds of years by mm-hmm. what they've left behind. So think about what you can do while you're here on this planet. My, 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 my,
1: my, my. That's 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 quite profound. It really is quite profound. And and really it's uh, it's funny, the last oh, I'd say five years, uh I'm sixty two. And uh I'm also a theological educator, so when I leave the business world, which is going to be in just uh, about maybe three and a half, close to four years. (laughs) When I leave the business world, uh, I'll just be teaching theology. And so I no longer am at career building, I am at leaving a legacy, legacy building, you know. And I have been flowing much easier and much better now that that other part of my life is gone <laughs> 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 you know i'm less uptight about stuff and and it feels so wonderful leaving
2: I can hear it in your a voice <laughs>
1: legacy yeah it feels so wonderful it really does it's great it's magnificent and i say to myself wow if i only did that years and years and years ago you can leave a legacy long before you become old and are working <laughs> your way out of things you know and you're in you're living proof of that you're, living, you're 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 leaving a legacy on a daily basis
2: Absolutely, and and it's really um, an honor to do it. And I, I can't even think of a better thing for the rest of my life to do. And I, I thought, you know, this is really what I need to that path. You know, I'm on, I'm on the road. I'm on the right road. Awesome.
1: Now, in your first book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul, you list an acronym for the word love. Can you elaborate on that?
2: Absolutely, and it it. It came to me years ago while I was volunteering with the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership, and one day I thought, you know, what is the most powerful word in our language? And it's love. And I came up with an acronym for it, and it's Leadership, Opportunity, Volunteerism, and Enthusiasm. And if you fill your heart with that love, life will mend itself. But if you fill your soul with that love, you'll be able to mend the hearts of others. It's really how we're connected to the very fabric of the universe. It's how we're connected to everybody. There are no synonyms for love. There are no synonyms because Mm -hmm. it simply means everything.
1: Wow. Everything. Not holding anything back. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) And I I can see how that can be very, 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 very fulfilling. When you're doing that, you know, wow, that that's great, and I'm going to steal right. that. <laughs> well, actually, it's easy to steal because it's in your book. <laughs> <laughs> what can someone do in their career to make a positive difference within their company? Because a lot of folks listening here besides besides uh, 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 business owners, there are also executives that are listening to here, and, and you know what a doggy dog world it is out there in corporate right. America.
2: It's, you know, it always comes down to to people for me. And you need to listen to what's going on in the lives of those around you. And I don't look at work that way. We we talk about our company. You know, you're at this job more than you are at home. You know, I mean, you're at home probably more hours, but you're sleeping most of those, right. hopefully. So you're, you're awake time. You're, you're, you know, they're giving, you know, for my staff, they're giving – their souls into this company. They're giving of their time, and you need to listen to what's going on in their life. You know, there's stressors like, you know, if one of them, you know, his father was in the hospital and had heart issues, and you know, you got to make adjustments. You gotta, you gotta contact your clients and say, hey, we might be, a, you know, an extra day on this because there's something going on. You know, we're people, and I think that the difference in your career is is um, reaching out to those around you. A lot of us, and from what I've seen, you know, you hear somebody's going through something, and a lot of people retract. They pull away. The, the, and I do martial arts, so the body is designed to go away from pain. It uh-huh. It repels from it. And we right. do that with each other when we need to do the opposite of that. And and going in and and acknowledging that and saying, hey, we're here for you and I'll cover for you. Uh, let, me, let me make it a little bit easier for you today. It's not just about going in, punching the clock and going home. We're working with people and that's really what it comes down to. And each of us have a heart and a soul and it needs to be filled with that love. And the, when I say the love, it's that leadership that comes from love. It's the opportunities we can create and volunteering yourself and then creating that enthusiasm because that's really the catalyst, the spark, the fire that that drives us all.
1: You know, you were saying that, and I started thinking about things that I've observed over the years, you know, in and out of so many different companies and seeing some of the things that were going on. One of the things that I experienced, and this is where I see a lot of people's mindsets, they are so tormented on what's going on in their own life that and i'm talking about from an entrepreneur point of an entrepreneurial point of view i'm not talking about the worker right now i'm talking about the business owner they are so uptight with what's going on in their own lives that they do not pay attention to what's going on with people who are working for them and consequently, mm-hmm. on a larger organization, mm-hmm. if the C-suite doesn't care, middle management doesn't care. If middle management doesn't care, the whole thing trickles right. down. Yes. And, uh, wow, it's uh, appreciation is a magnificent thing in an organization. And being conscious of what people are going through is something that's an added bonus because for me to say you're doing a great job is one thing, but as a boss, for me to feel the pain you're going through and take you aside and say, listen, you're going through something right now. I'm here for you. That's something that's even over and above saying I appreciate the work that you do.
2: Right. And I think, you know, the show um, Undercover Boss, Right, you see how emotional uh- – those CEOs get when oh, they yeah. meet the people that are working for them because they're out oh, of yeah. touch with that and it puts their heart back in play and every single episode you see some transformation happen because yes. they're connected and they understand the daily struggle of the people that are there and yes so you, you hit it right on the head with um, that that kind of connection and, and it comes from not only the top down but I believe it comes from the bottom up everybody right. has a voice everybody has a voice.
1: Well, unfortunately, a lot of companies don't allow those voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and again, you're stifling the people who are actually the ones that are supporting and carrying your company. You're stifling them. <laughs> you know, and and right. adding to your 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 general Malaise because of the fact if you think that things are going wrong in your company because this isn't happening that isn't happening you are contributing to it. Yes, you know,
2: so absolutely.
1: That, that that's really something and and you folks better buy you better buy Robert's book. <laughs> you absolutely better buy Robert's book. You seem to have a natural compassion and caring for others who had had the most influence on your life regarding this
2: Well it's um that's a great question and the person that had the most influence is actually two it's my parents mm. and you know I, I look at my dad and his life you know he worked at General Electric he worked a third shift in in the and he was a foreman at the plant he started you know right after World War II and and worked nights To support us. But the other thing that he had, he was a first class private in the Army. He was a frontline combat medic. He was on Omaha Beach during the D Day invasion. Wow. And he liberated concentration camps. And I didn't realize what he stood for until I told somebody that story. And they said, So your dad was a fighter and a healer. Right. Wow. He was a fighter and a healer. And I said, yeah. Wow. He fought his whole life showing us what it's like to fight, to put, you know, dinner on the table. And he also showed us the healing side of what you need to do. And I know he went through a lot of things because he battled alcoholism, because he saw things that I don't think people are supposed to see. Wow. Wow. You know, wow. And and lost a lot of his friends. He never talked about it. He he got the bronze and silver star he refused the purple heart because he said the people that needed that are the people that didn't come home and he wow. did and i think he felt guilty because oh. um, he lost a lot of friends over there and you know his quote was always be a leader not a follower and sometimes you need to lead by following and it's sure. up to you to know the difference and you know you really can't expect greatness from others unless you expect that same from yourself you know i i feel that a leader does not exist without a following but a great leader does not exist without following greatness and there's a huge difference there
0: <laughs> and For my sure.
2: and my mother was a beautician and you know when it was during um her last hours of life i had to work on her memorial video you know her dvd to play at the funeral home which was pretty tough. And I'm going through hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And you know what? There was hardly a single picture that I found where she was not smiling. Wow. And I thought, I had that smile for 50 years of my life.
0: Uh. That
2: smile, you know? Right. And it was during her wake when people would come and they would hug me and said, I know I'm an ugly duckling, this one woman said, but your mom, she she not only made me look beautiful, but she always made me feel beautiful. Wow. And so wow, those are the wow. people that, that inspired me. And, you know, I carry that with me, and then there's the rest of my family. There's my, my two brothers and my sister, and you know, I couldn't ask for a better family on this planet, and they've all guided me in some way. Wow, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful.
1: It's it's where your anchor is. You know, it, it started right there at home, and that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's funny because, as you were saying that, I'm hoping that the folks that are listening aren't only going to try to apply these things on the job, but please apply them at home, right. at home. Home is the first job. All right. That's that's the first place. And when you when you said that it was your parents and, and you know, your father, your mother, and and your brother when you when you were saying that, I said to myself, Wow, it wasn't somebody outside of the home who took you under their wing and, and showed you this, that and the other. No, it came from home, which meant that it was instilled in you at a very early age. And you grew with that, and I'm sure your children are growing with it as well. Right. Wow, folks. You, you. Uh, I hear more writing. I hear more writing. Do you <laughs> hear that, Rob? I hear them writing. You're the managing partner and co-founder of Spiral Design Studio. Do you apply any lessons from your book within your company? I know we spoke a little bit about that, but do you, how how do you apply that?
2: It's really you know I try to instill in everybody it's about compassion and it's about passion. Those two things. And bring that to the table. And the other is that um anytime that you're working um, with a client, they have the same set of issues that everyone else has on this planet and understand that. And so the lessons from the book just, you know, there are a lot of stories and they guide you through a journey of different things that happened in my life and there's also a story of an Olympian that's in there and a struggle that he had after he lost the use of his legs, and he was uh, a downhill skier. Hmm. And his his quote, is from Chris Waddell, and he's the most decorated Paralympic skier in U.S. history. And I I got the honor of interviewing him, and he told me, it's not about what's, what happens to you, it's about what you do with what happens to you. Hmm. And so that's probably one of the best lessons in the wow. book.
1: Wow. Wow, that's really powerful. And 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 by the way, when I get words like that from someone like that, I usually tend to take them more seriously. All right. Oh, yeah. Cuz it's coming from a real place. <clears throat> You know, right. it's not just lip service. It's coming right from the heart and coming right from the experience of that person. That was really powerful. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was reading, I was reading your web page, and I saw all of these awards that you were getting, and had gotten. And then I saw the Hugh O'Brien. I'm saying to myself, Hugh O'Brien. When I was a kid, I loved him. He's still <laughs> around. And then I find out that that that. Hugh O'Brien wrote the forward to your first book. How did you manage that
2: well it's uh it's an interesting journey it's It's through my volunteer work and I've been volunteering with the Hugh O'Brien youth leadership for pretty much half the life of of that you know there's more than half of my life now i've been I've been volunteering and he founded it, and I actually got to meet him back in nineteen ninety four and uh he told me why he founded you know, the the foundation, um, he had gone on a trip to Lambertine, Africa back in 1958, 57, somewhere in there, and met um, Dr. Albert Schweitzer. And he, I guess it's right around the time Albert Schweitzer got the Peace Prize, and he was so inspired by him, he had to meet him. So he pretended to be a doctor as an actor. You know, he got, got his passage <laughs> over there. But after, you know, the the his, his uh, ruse was up, and, Schweitzer took his hands one night at a dinner and said, "Now that you've had this experience, what are you going to do with these?" And he actually put him to work in the hospital to work with lepers and help people. And wow! And said, "You need to you need to go back and and help inspire youth." So I I got involved with this program through the Junior Chamber of Commerce and I started volunteering and I could not believe the difference and the impact this program makes on a high school sophomore. You know this mm. this young girl. In the first year, she was so shy and could barely talk. And on Friday night or Saturday night, she came out to me and she's crying. She said, I don't think I'm going to get into college. And at the time, I had just graduated. So I said, no, you'll get in. (laughs) You know, there's there's a process. But she was really scared. And on Sunday, she came over to me with tears of joy streaming down her face. And she said, this weekend changed my life. You know, initially, I shrugged it off. And then... She came back the next year, and she was so outgoing that her mother came over to me and said, I don't know what you people did to her, but I like it. And she has volunteered and done all these things. Well, she got a call that weekend, and she came running over to me, tears streaming down her cheeks. And I said, oh, my God, you know, like her grandfather must have passed away or something. She came over and she hugs me, and she says, I just got accepted to college. Wow. And she said... It's because of this weekend and because you were here to volunteer. And then as I looked into her eyes, she said, There's more. I'm going to Harvard and I'm on a full scholarship. <laughs> so I said, wow. you know, I gotta dedicate my, my life to this. And Hugh I've gotten to know and you know, he really he called me for two weeks solid toward um, you know, as he was getting up there. He's got a little, you know, bit of health issues kind of going on. So he he called me to to talk to me about why he founded the program, and he wanted people that have been volunteering for many years to have firsthand knowledge. And when I asked him to write the foreword for my book, I couldn't think of a better person, and he graciously accepted. And that's how that that went down.
1: Oh, that is absolutely amazing, amazing. I know folks are are, are looking at their watches and they're saying, you know. There's not much time left in this show, and and I couldn't find a pen until five seconds ago. How do I get in touch with Robert again? Where do I find him? Oh, okay. I'm glad they asked because now I'm going to
2: ask you, Robert. Well, my my main company site is SpiralDesign.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-L Design.com, and my inspirational website or my personal website is what I how I look at it is GuideToTheSoul.com and on there there are links for my newsletter uh there are links for my books uh where to where to get those on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and other outlets and uh all my social media so you can follow me on Instagram Twitter Facebook uh you name it I'm putting stuff on pretty much anything out there so
1: there's a little there internet. you go Get it out, get it out, get it out. (laughs) We have time for one more question, and and this is a very important question because I know that there are a lot of people out there that are disqualifying themselves from volunteering because they're too busy, all right? And yet you seem to be balancing out your life. How does that work out? How does that happen?
2: Well, it it came from what I, I alluded to earlier. It's threading it into your life. When you make it part of the fabric of your life, it's not a separate thing where you're saying I'm taking time away from my family or my business, but I'm incorporating it into it. So, uh, toward the end of this month, uh, end of this month, I'm starting uh, again. This is probably my 18th year of teaching junior achievement at a local high school where I can teach them entrepreneurship. And all I'm doing is helping our community and our workforce have better people that come out of that high school. And I volunteer as a scoutmaster, as I said, with my son's troop, because I get to spend a week with him at a camp in the summer. And that's 24-7 for seven straight days. I can go camping and hang out with him and see him grow into a young man where I'm not just sending him off to this camp and then waiting for him to come back. I can participate and and uh it's part of my volunteer work, but it increases my family time. so what better way to do that, and how else can you thread it? Just make it part of your fabric of your life
1: wow well, you know this this was this was absolutely wonderful, you know uh, I have to get you back on again <laughs> i absolutely, absolutely. Have to get you back on again. There's no ifs ands or buts about it. Uh, people need to really come out of themselves, and and I can see now that you really have what it takes. And it's funny, a lot of times when people start talking about volunteerism and things of that nature, they're not really entrepreneurs. They're people who are are in are in not-for-profits, and not to say that not-for-profits are businesses they are, but they tend not to have some of the stresses that a person who starts and launches their own business 26 years ago, especially marketing, the last person I would expect to see in this realm would be someone like yourself. And yet, not only are you doing it, but you're thriving at doing it, and, and I congratulate you. I'm looking for those daily inspirations, and uh, i got to get you back on the show again. Well, All right. thank you so, so much. and We'll make sure that that happens.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: All right, folks, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you were inspired, and I hope you were inspired not just to sit back and feel good, but to actually get up and start doing something. Have a blessed and profitable week. Robin, thanks again, and take care. Good night, all. Thanks.